0: <laughs> Usually daddy doesn't want that, so <laughs> I go ahead and play with her, right? But I have my investors I have to tend to, right? I have my podcast. I have my business. I have my job. You know, so at the end of the day, I think I was in the park, um, you know, playing with my daughter on the swings, and there was a lady next to me, and we got talking, um, you know, and she was like, She's a psychologist, and we we're talking. And she's like, "Oh, how'd you get how'd you get time to read?" I was like, "I wake up before the world wakes up."
1: Welcome to Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals. I'm your host Taylor Lote. Got a great interview uh, for you today with my friend Ola Dantas. Ola is an immigrant, busy professional, a successful real estate investor, and we're going to talk about finding success in the USA with passive income as an immigrant. His journey, what he's up to now. All that great stuff. Really excited to talk to him. He's got a fantastic story, great history, and, and he's been very successful so far. And he is the host of the Dwellin podcast. There will be a link in the show notes for anyone that is interested in checking that out. Ola, thanks for joining us today. Whoop whoop. Thank <laughs> you so much,
0: Taylor. I <laughs> had to put that shout out for the Dwellin show. Um, thank you so much for, my, for having me on your show. I'm super board. glad um, to be on your show. Thank you.
1: I'm excited to have you here, and you're calling in from Baltimore, Maryland, although it sounds like you uh, you might be moving here in the near future, and uh, yes, but you're not from you Baltimore. Be. You're not from Baltimore. No, I'm not from Baltimore, yes. As folks might guess from uh, the sound of your voice, where are you from? Tell us about your history, how you got to where you are now in Baltimore, and then moving on to the future.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So I was born in Nigeria, lived in the UK for a bit, um, you know and then now in the US. So that's kind of like the quick fast forward. Um, But basically, my wife and I moved here to the States five years ago, Um, You know, decided to start in Alabama, actually. Um, And then we kind of moved around a little bit. And then um, we were thinking of kind of where to settle down in the United States. So we decided to either go on the West Coast in California somewhere, or we either stay closer to home to London on the East Coast. We didn't really like New York City because it was kind of like London on steroids. (laughs) Um, So we decided to choose, you know, the D.C., yeah, Washington um, metro area. So we decided just to pick um, Columbia, Maryland, eventually. That's kind of what we, you know, that's what Google said was a, you know, pretty nice place to start off, um, you know, as when you try to make life decisions, the best person to ask the question is Google. (laughs) Um, So we, we, we we got a nice apartment there, you know, we were living pretty well. Had a good job. She had a good job. We were, you know, we thought life was great. Um, we kept paying rent, and then um, I got, a, I got a phone call one day, right, from a friend of mine, and he called me, he's like, "Hey, can you quickly um, meet me in Dubai?" And I was like, oh, okay, um, like, what's, what's going on there? It's like, well, I'm meeting some investors and trying to raise some funds. Um, my real estate business is doing pretty well. It's actually based in London back home in the U.K. Cool. And it's like, hey, you know, yeah, you know, can you come and help me out with my business? Obviously, you've helped me in the past. So, you know, with consulting and, you, you know, you're really good with this stuff. So can you fly over? Um, so obviously, I did what. Every smart man does, Um, obviously prayed about it, but also asked my wife, um, (laughs) and she was like, um, why don't you guys just do a thing called Skype or FaceTime? That usually works, you know, um, for the most part. It's like, well, if I go on this trip and actually learn something, maybe that could be helpful to us, right? Um, So, you know, after a few while, I convinced my wife, jumped on the plane to Dubai, sat in the hotel room for about two to three days. I'm um, just kind of breaking down, you know, my my friend's business and kind of saw how well he was doing in real estate in the wow. UK, and I was like, oh my goodness, um, you know, I was helping him to kind of, you know, with strategic planning and kind of, you know, visioning and just pretty much a full blown mastermind, right? Um, so on my way back from Dubai, I was like, oh my goodness, um. I'm now starting to see that I'm just paying rent to this big apartment building. Um, They're just taking my, you know, I get paid for my job and it kind of goes out. And, I, you know, I kind of have this, I had this epiphany of my life. Like, wow, this is the thing I've been feeling. Like, there's so much more I can do with my life. Um, So when I got back home to the U.S., I basically just went into a deep dive of, like, reading, podcasts, just kind of educating myself. Um, You know, I told my wife, like, hey, you know that trip? It was amazing, right? I learned about real estate investing, and I think we can really replicate that success, um, yeah. Or basically tailor that to what we want for our, you know, for our lives and our goals. Um, you know, for me, I'm I'm very obsessive, so I went into full blown learning, listening. Anyway, fast forward six months down the line, we, you know, bought our first duplex, and you know, we, we, we got on the contract, closed. Um, the f- next month, I got my first rent check into my Bank of America. And I was like, oh, my God, I cannot believe somebody is actually giving me money to stay in our space. And, you know, we had two tenants upstairs. We lived in the bottom floor it was just me and my wife. You know, we were never in the house anyway. We always had a job. We always just come home at night. So it wasn't like we needed a big house or the pickup fence and the American dream as, you know, so to speak. So when I got that first first wrenching, I was like, oh, my goodness. What if I can do this 10 times? What if I I can do this 20 times? That means I won't need my job. I was like, oh, my God. So I started to have, you know, that thought in my mind. And I kind of was just, you know, daydreaming, like, oh, my God, what would my life look like if I didn't have to essentially, you know, be on this rat race, right, as Richard Porter would talk, right, about in his book. But then fast forward a little bit more. Um, And the reason I'm breaking this down is, you know, for whoever is listening to really, you know, plug in into kind of be aware of what's really going on. Right. So I think about three, four months down the line, I said to my wife, I was like, you know what they like, baby, I've just been like, I just have a lot of money in my account. (laughs) Like this never (laughs) happened before. There's this like just constant yet, um, you know, sure, um, you know, growth of money in my account. And she's like me too (laughs) the same thing is happening to my account you know because obviously when we're living in an apartment you get paid from your job it goes right back out like you pay for this bill that bill but having our own building we just start to realize and and this is really key because when you start to see such changes in your life you need to be aware. you need to take a step back and think whoa okay this is happening what do we do next and essentially what we what we did next was, A, we're going to do this. We're going to go big. And obviously we set up our company dwelling, which you mentioned our podcast as well. Um, and then we now start to help other folks who are like us or maybe who want to invest in real estate but maybe don't have the time. Maybe they're doctors or they're just paid professionals. And we obviously just kind of coalesce our funds and buy bigger apartment buildings and share the profits with our investors. and. Obviously, we partner with other syndicators like yourself, Taylor, or, you know, folks in our group and just basically help people to get to that point in their life where they don't actually have to rely on a day job um, to actually, you know, get into that point of financial freedom. And obviously that number and that state is different for, for everyone. And But I just thought... That going from that point of first getting to the, to the United States with, you know, my wife keeps saying we had 180 dollars when we got here. But I was like, are you sure? Because I I feel like I had less than that. But she's like, I think we had about <laughs> 180 when we touched down in, in, in New York City. I was like, oh, OK, OK, cool. So, you know, from 180 dollars in my pocket, you know, um, coming to the U.S. not knowing what's going to happen to, you know, this point, I'm really humbled and grateful um, that that has happened. And now it's just kind of, you know, our goal to help other people who might be trying to navigate the complexities of real estate investing and, and kind of helping them to build on their funds.
1: That's awesome. And there's, that's a great story. Uh, or, and it's not just a story, it's a great history, but uh, very, very concise and well put. And uh, You know, I appreciate you sharing that, that whole experience with us and, and there are a number of ways we could take this conversation at first. I'd like to, to, hit on, you know, as you deal with these work through your investors, meet new people and and start getting people into real estate investing, you know, you had that first experience as many of us have had where you get that first mm-hmm. red check coming in and you're like, man, somebody's paying me for this thing that I own. I know. And I'm making money off yeah. of it. So have you noticed that that, that first experience is important for Every real estate investor, every new real estate investor getting that first little hit of success and being like, oh, man, I could really I could really scale this.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it's that's a really fascinating question. Right. And one of my favorite quotes um, is from Socrates and it said, wisdom is knowing that, you know, nothing. Right. And to kind of add like to that. that quote right from Socrates, what I say also is you don't know what you don't know. Right. And I'm really big on mindset because, you know, somebody might be listening to this and go, well, wow, this kid or this guy just came from like nowhere. Right. And is now buying apartments apartment in America. I've been in, I was born in America. And, you know, I, but that's not the point. Right. Um, you know, Jim Rohn, one of my favorite you know speakers ever talks about if you want to learn how to be if you want to be successful, learn success. If you want to learn how to live well, learn about nutrition. Or exercising right or you know so if you want to be successful it's not so much about you know just sheer grit it's also about this and I'm pointing to my brain it's about your mindset and I'm big on mindset right there's a reason why some people are like Grant Cardone and some people are like you know maybe Joe Fairless that you probably don't know him as much but he doesn't want to be known as much there's a reason why there's a spectrum of investors because The success we choose is the success that we think about, right? You become what you think about the most, right? If you think, I want to be, you know, I want to be X, you will be X. If I want to be a grand cardone, eventually you would be, if you put in the necessary work to be that person, right? So we knew who we wanted to be, which was we wanted to have our own time. We wanted to be able to travel right we love traveling and we knew real estate was one of the tools that could help us to do that but if we didn't have the right kind of mindset and the right discipline to follow through day in and day out i mean look at us right yes it's it's seven o'clock in the morning eastern time talking about real estate right some people have no interest whatsoever to do that right and that's a choice right so it's not necessarily about, you know, what you think, you know, it's more important of what you don't know, because <laughs> you never know what you don't know until you know, right? So going back to your question is when I got that first rent check, I was like, oh, my good, I, I did not know this world existed. I did not know somebody would ACH rent into my my account (laughs) like you know like it was just a new thing you know but then right on when we got that i was like oh how do we replicate this right and we had to figure out a way and learn a systematic way that has worked for people in the past and we wanted to keep doing that and it's still a learning process every single day and that's what we're trying to do now at dwelling
1: awesome i love it and you know there's there's so much we could talk about there you mentioned jim Rohn. I'm a big fan as well. Uh one of my favorite quotes of his is don't wish it were easier, wish you were better. I like it's that a one better. a lot. Yeah, big fan of him. Um but you know there's a lot of things to this success and we talked about this before we started recording. People see the they see what they see, but they don't see all the work behind what they see essentially. We're talking about the context of a podcast. I mean, you host a podcast, I host a podcast and they don't see all the work behind it. Like you said, it's 7 a.m. right now. I've been up for a couple hours already, and I, I would bet you have as Same well. Yep. Yeah, and, and <laughs> it's you're, you work, you know, and we both, for to, to drop the veil a little bit, you know, we both have day jobs, so we, we do that as well. Right. And you have the extra added, you know, difficult, I don't know, it's a constraint of a family, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you and your wife had a, a child not too yep. long ago. Is that right?
0: Yes, yes, yes all of that is, it makes it so much more, you know, um, a little bit challenging because now you have, you know, my baby doesn't care about my apartment syndication. <laughs> she, she, no. Like she doesn't know what that means. Yeah. She's just like, Hey dad, play with me right now. Like, you know, oh, I'm going to throw a fantabulous tantrum, right? Usually daddy <laughs> doesn't want that, so <laughs> I go ahead and play with her, right? But I have my investors I have to tend to, right? I have my podcast, I have my business, I have my job, you know, so at the end of the day, I think I was in the park um, you know, playing with my daughter on the swings and there was a lady next to me and we got talking. Um you know she was like she's a psychologist and we we're talking and she's like oh how'd you get how'd you get time to read? I was like I wake up before the world wakes up. I wake up at 4 or 5 a.m. I don't have an alarm. I wake up at 4 to 5 a.m. I have a routine that I follow every day that incorporates, you know, spirituality and health. I drink, a, you know, bottle of water. I drink um, oolong green tea. I then meditate, right? I try to do that as much as I can. And then, you know, I, I, I have my shake, right? Kale, spinach, whatever. I put a wheat, you know, scoop of wheatgrass. I do that every single day. Right? and the reason i'm breaking that down is success there's two things if there's anybody listening on this conversation they go ola tell me how do i be successful in anything i want to do it's two things two precursors it's self-confidence and you know note the adjective before the confident self which means it's all about you it's like how jim Rohn says um, if you keep waiting on somebody to come and motivate you, what if the guy doesn't show up?
1: <laughs> <Right>? <laughs>
0: what if the guy doesn't show up? So you have to, you know, motivate yourself. You have to instill confidence in, you know, in yourself, right? Without confidence, how can you, you know, persuade somebody else, right, to invest in your deal, or how can you persuade somebody else to invest in your business idea, whatever it is you're trying to do, right? Um, and second thing is discipline, right? And that is just Hard. It's just hard, right, to be disciplined because as as human beings, intrinsically, we're not built to be disciplined, right? We're built to go for the easier route, right? Because that's easier, right? So, having having the self confidence and discipline is are the two most important things for success. It it is academically in scientific papers, that that's what helps people to get to success.
1: Hmm. So. Uh... Absolutely. I mean, the big thing for me in the in the morning is, you know, getting that that mindset right and wake up early, make sure that's the first thing you you do. And that's not an easy habit to build. I mean, there's all these temptations of, you know, all these distractions that can get in the way. Oh, you want to you want to get up and you want to just get right at it. Skip the mentality stuff today because I got to do all these things. I have all these emails I need to handle or I've got a call coming up early today all these things where, you know, and making that habit, making that, that very important, it's, it's a hard thing to do to do it every morning and and have to remember the importance of getting your mind in the right place before you get started. And, And I think, you know, a lot of busy professionals don't realize how much extra time, how much spare time, so to speak, they really have that they're just spending on downtime right now where they, they're watching a, but you know whatever housewives reality show okay. is on right now you know there's there's something to be said about having some downtime decompressing a little bit but you have to you have to hustle you have to put the work in you want to build these streams of passive income because it's not nobody's going to do it for you and it's not free if it were free then everybody would do it and it would go away right? okay. these these things this this passive wealth the passive income doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen for free what you have to do is you have to invest your time. So can you tell us a bit about things that you've you know, some accomplishments you've had in the multifamily space? I mean, I'm on your, your investor list. I see your deals coming across, doing some great things. Tell us a bit about your resume and some things you've learned along the way, particularly in, in multifamily real estate.
0: Yeah, I mean I think usually for I get a lot of Folks reach out to me, you know, via my podcast, and you know, most people that listen to this, they don't have five thousand units, you know, um, you know, AUM, like they're, they're literally just trying to figure out how to get started. So I like to target my message towards them, and I don't want to talk about, you know, cap rates and IRRs and you know, you know, put them to sleep. So from a from my resume perspective, I like to talk to the small guy. Right. So the, the guy that is maybe in his 20s or you just kind of figure out, like, how do I get started? Or maybe the guy in his 40s and he's like, oh, my God, i got to start thinking about retirement. So what you need to do first is start small. <laughs> Even Grant Cardone started small. I think he had a single family, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, so start small. Right. And then maybe you can start to partner with folks like myself or Taylor and then kind of work your way up. So in terms of my resume, obviously, I, like I said, I started with the duplex and then um, I made a mistake. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. We make mistakes. <laughs> Real estate investors make mistakes all the time. True. And mine was, <laughs> yeah, mine was I, you know, contracted a disease called shiny object syndrome. <laughs> mm, <laughs> right. I was, one. you know, doing just fine. That's a it's, it's huge. And you know what's so funny? I knew all about it. I saw it coming and I welcomed it right in, (laughs) right? I was so aware and I I did, and and that shiny object syndrome was flipping, right? So Uh I bought this duplex, I was doing really great. I understood, you know, passive income. I understood how to manage properties. And then I was like, and I met um, this partner and he's like, oh, let's start buying properties and flipping them and making quick cash. And I was like, quick cash. I like the sound of quick cash. You know, let's make some quick cash. And so bought a few deals, um, you know, some some flip, some flip deals. Um, in retrospect, I shouldn't have. Um, but in life, you never fail. You always learn. Um, but of course, there's a price, right? You have to pay a price. There's always a sacrifice. And for me, the sacrifice was a little bit of a slowdown in the multifamily um, syndication business because I was spending my actual time going to my projects and making sure that we were on time in our milestones, making sure that we're going to get our investors the yields and the returns that we promised them, right? So that sucked away a lot of time from actually focusing on my multifamily syndication business. And the reason I brought that up is because it's okay to make mistakes, right? It's even okay to know that to know that hey this is not something I should do but you did it anyway but then you actually really learn from it as opposed to learning from an abstract perspective you actually learned and now your 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 knowledge is so strong and it's so deep and deeply rooted that you can never ever make that mistake again right so for me I know I'm never ever going to flip it's just it's never going to happen right unless it's like unless it's just so Easy, or I even doubt it, right? And I think for those who are starting, make sure that you figure out how you can get your feet in the door. Meaning, you go buy a duplex or a quadplex, um, get a FHA loan, which is a three percent down loan. Because the most objections people say to me is, "But I don't have money." You don't need that much money. Um, I mean, I mean. A lot of people say no money down. I mean, if you want to start, you know, with your duplex, you probably, you know, need some money, you know, unless your dad or, or mom or somebody's giving you that initial, you know, down payment. Um, so get, get a duplex. Have a sense of what managing a property feels like. Um, understand your temperament with tenants, you know, people don't tell you all this stuff, right? No one told me all this stuff when I was starting, right? Do you like dealing with people? You might say, oh, yes, I'm a people person. But when you get that first call from that annoying tenant um, who never pays on time and they're always breaking something, maybe it's like the, you know, the, the faucet isn't working and you get and it's working, you know, like you need to understand your temperament, what you like, what you don't like. I mean, these are things I think the little guy, don't understand. I was listening to a talk by Les Brown on YouTube and he said he met a guy and the guy said, oh, you know what? I really want to own a restaurant. And Les Brown asked the guy, have you ever, you know, worked in a restaurant? And he said, oh, no, I've never. And he's like, well, why don't you try to get a job in the restaurant? So the guy went in, you know, during the night, was you know got a job in the restaurant. He was working in the restaurant, and then he realized that you know the guys managing the restaurants, people never showed up to work. Sometimes the the customers were horrible. Um, the food was never good enough. Um, you know, employees wouldn't show up. Um, the food you know in the fridge was always there's always issues with there in terms of expiration So he realized, oh my God, I don't want to own a restaurant. I just like cooking i just want to be a chef you know so so you know kind of dipping your your toe into real estate by buying something small could give you a real idea of do you actually really like this because guess what There are actually people in the world that don't like real estate i mean them all the time <laughs> right they like bitcoin or crypto or whatever the heck it is or stock so maybe you don't like real estate right so give it a shot Start from the beginning, and that's kind of what helped me as well. And then, you know, we kind of worked our way up. I did the development projects. I realized it wasn't my temperament. I didn't like flipping because I felt like, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. So I want to be there every single day, making sure that the driver got delivered at the right time. And make sure the contract, it was just too much. And then the city came. I didn't really like the city because they're always like failing you on stuff. Oh, it's like two inches. It's four. I was like, oh, you guys, you are nice. So I could tell that this is not naturally for me, right? I could manage tenants. I'm pretty good with processes. So that was fine. But flipping, no. So obviously we went back. Um, you know, to a drawing board, and then now we just le- literally um, last week closed on a 160 unit in Houston, Texas. Super excited about this building. Um, we got it for about 11.5 million. We got some of our investors involved. We actually coalesced with another um, group, um, and then so we raised some funds for that. We literally just got it, um, you know. And then we're just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen now. We're going to obviously start going and making our value adds and obviously start, you know, disbursing, um, you know, money to our investors um, in in a few months here. So really excited about that. But I kind of wanted to bring folks from, you know, this is not just some guy that just fell out of the sky. Now he's buying apartments in Texas. It doesn't work that way. It's literally a long game. I'm literally playing this game to the day I die. Like, I would never stop investing in real estate. And I've made that commitment, not to myself, but to my family, to my friends, on my Facebook, on my Instagram. This is what I do. So, And the reason I'm saying these things is for those thinking, I don't really get it. It, Whatever you want to do, you have to have a long-term view. There is no get-rich-quick scheme. It doesn't exist. It does not exist right so you should check out a book called the richest man in babylon there's certain laws and rules of life anytime somebody tells you it's a guaranteed investment you know we're going to make money in two months run right get rich quick schemes don't exist so that's for me it's a long-term game we're constantly you know looking for investors working with investors helping them to get to where they want to get to Financial freedom, and you know, kind of just just seeing how we can help and, and change lives.
1: I like, I love it. I shouldn't just say I like it. Um, you know, there's a there's a lot in there, and I wanted to comment on. You mentioned shiny object syndrome, and that's a that goes back to what we talked about mentality and mindset. And so many successful investors, I, I would say, even most successful investors had to deal with shiny object syndrome at one point or another you know uh, when you spend so much time in these real estate investing worlds either you know hosting a podcast or hosting a going to networking events or hosting a networking event just meeting all these people who are successful in real estate you're going to find that there are a billion niches in real estate where you can make money and people are making money and doing well mm-hmm. Like, you know, flipping is, is a very, is a broad one that most people are familiar with, but you're going to meet people who are doing well. It sounds like they've got it all figured out. And many of them do. Many of them have it completely mm-hmm. figured out, whatever their thing is. Yep. But once yep. you pick a, a strategy that you're going to pursue, you have to stick with it until you really figure out whether or not it works for you, whether or not you like it before you move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge one. That's a big one for me personally. It was, you know, dealing with that shiny object syndrome, some Every day I remind myself that no shiny object syndrome. This is what we're committed to mm-hmm. just to stay on that track. And, I, you know, personally, I learned that from some very successful investors like yourself and Paul Moore and, and others that, are, that I, you know, have, have gotten to know that have that are further along in the, in the process than I am. And they still have to remind themselves about shiny mm-hmm. object syndrome. So that's a very important one. Now, as far as, you know, doing deals out in the market and, and what you're looking for. I mean, you're in, you're in the multifamily space. And you mentioned a deal that, that y'all just closed. Although by the time this post it'll it'll be a, be a couple months past. Uh, and Rob's going to be on the on the show as well. So for for anyone nice. interested, you know, Rob Beardsley's going to be on the show. Uh, but mm-hmm. what are you looking for out there today in the multifamily space? What kind of deals do you like? Asset classes, locations, so forth. You know, what are you looking for?
0: so above 100 units we really like the texas market um there's also some noise in the florida mar- in the florida market right now as well um so that's kind of what we're looking for you know b class um value add um assets obviously as you know you know caps are being compressed in the texas market especially dfw um i was you know talking to a lot of property owners and and um, investment firms that own apartments in in Texas. So you know, I've sourced about you know just over forty million dollars um, worth of deals in that market. So I I know that market fairly well. Um, so we're starting to move to other parts of Texas and you know, parts of Florida. Jacksonville is a big one um, as well. So we we kind of like those assets, um, and then we just kind of look into. Um, you know, get a deal that makes sense, that that pencils out, and uh, our investors are going to be excited about. As you already know, um, you know, investors like what they like, regardless of you know how much you pitch a deal. Um, so that's kind of what we're looking for right now.
1: Absolutely, you know, I I I invest actively and passively, and as a passive investor and an active investor, I know what I like. Right? I mean we need to know what we like, so. You just, I don't know. I don't like being pitched too hard by by deal sponsors, and, exactly. and nobody does. So, yeah, absolutely. What is the best investment you ever made?
0: Oh, man, that is such a good question. Oh, man, I think I'll go with the very first one because I feel like that was like, you know, the eureka moment, opening the Pandora's box, like, oh, my God. So I think the, the, be- the, the very, very first one was the best one. Um, you know, the duplex um, in Baltimore, I know there's some connotations with Baltimore, but it's in a Class A area. Um, Baltimore is a beautiful city. We have a very, very um, unique setting in Baltimore, but we were able to get this duplex uh, from a couple that used to live there when they were younger, too. So we got on the contract for about, you know, 240 um, You know, we still own that duplex to this day. Nice. Cash flows pretty well. Um, we like that property a lot because we, you know, lived in there, um, you know, set our family in there. It's just a really nice um, property and we still own it to today.
1: Awesome. And, And that's very much along the lines of most of the answers I get on the show when I ask that question. Usually they have something to do with mindset or education, not necessarily numbers related. Now, yours is Mm -hmm. A a particular investment that you're making a return on and you made a return on, but the context of your answer was opening up your mind, showing you these possibilities. So very much along the lines of the the typical answer I get to that question. So I certainly appreciate that. On the other side of that, what is the worst investment you ever made?
0: Oh, my goodness. That is such a a tough question. question. (sighs) That is a tough question. For me, I I would say I probably say like my second flip, and I don't think. And this is a fascinating question to me because I heard somewhere that real estate, if you wait enough or if you wait long enough, you you would always be fine, right? So I'll say my yeah, you would always be fine. So my second flip. It wasn't a, it's not a failure. I still own it institute today because I, I didn't flip it. I held it. Right? I still own that property. And I would say it was a failure because of the stress associated with it. Right? I mean, I'm, someone might say, you know, what do you mean? Like, what was the stress? I, I mean, I have a list. But I'll give you one. <laughs> like, we were, you know, during the flip, um, the city came and they shut us down for a month. And somebody might go, What's the big deal? I was paying three thousand dollars a month oh, on man. our loan. So I'm mean, the city shut us down. That you know, for, for folks who know about flipping, it, they, we got a stop work order. So there's a red sign on the door saying stop work, right? So it, it was just a very long process, it was just a very tough um flip. Um, usually, our flips are gut outs, they're not the fancy stuff you see on HGTV. We, got everything out. Um, it's a beautiful flip, uh, but it was just so much stress, right? And I, I realized talking to, you know, I was speaking to one of the contractors one day and I was like, if I kept doing this, if I kept flipping, like, for the rest for the rest of my life, I, I don't think I'll make it to 40 because the temperament <laughs> of a flipper is it, it, just so much. Like, you have to, oh, the floors are coming today. Oh, Omdipo um, just sent an email, but they had the wrong size of the, the toilets are wrong. Okay, got to return. I'm like, oh my God, like, How much am I making? Like, it's just a lot for me. I mean, you've got amazing flippers, you know, who do great work. That's what they do. They've got a machine in place. Um, But the reality is, you know, McDonald's didn't get all their franchising business in one year. I mean, I I did a few flips, you know, so it takes time to, to get to that point right um and of course you can get a mentor that you pay and they can give you a shippable system and then you can have that i didn't have that we just added a partner and we just kind of we're trying to figure it out um as we're going right so that made it so much more painful um so for me i think that was a, a a tough one not a failure because i never fail i learn, and i still own that property and you know what's funny it's, it's a big house, it's uh, 2,500 square feet, um, um, you know, so it's a massive house, and we ripped everything out, literally tore it down to the studs. And now I have four guys, young professionals, I think all in their 20s, and my rent is, a, this is like $3,000, and I've refinanced out of that crazy, you know, hard money loan that I, I was using to flip it. So it's a lot of failure, guys, so for anyone listening and going, oh, I don't want to fail, that's one failure story I I don't no no don't don't think that way because I learned so much I can build a house from scratch now I know how it works but it's not a fun Thing um, I didn't enjoy the process. I don't think it was good for my health. I didn't think it was good for my mindset and spirituality. Um, you know, it just wasn't just good overall. I had to buy my partner out during that. It was just tough, you know. Um, but I still own the property. It's, I love my wife and I lived in it briefly. We, my, my, my baby he has a big yard. It's beautiful. I had nests everywhere. I think you saw that video, right? It's just a beautiful. Um, yeah, it's just a beautiful. House, you know, it's too big for us because we're minimalist. But you know, we rent it and we get we get three thousand dollars a month. It's, so, it's fantastic, you know. So yes, I'm making more money, but it's never just about money. Money is important, though, um, but it's never just about the money. It's just you know, does the accumulation of cholesterol in my heart during the the time <laughs> I was flipping it does that equate to the three grand I'm getting every month? I mean, you got to think about these things. You know, it's not just about the money. It's about what is it what is it doing to my health? What is it doing to my family? What is it doing to my spirituality? What is it doing to my mindset? You have to be aware of those things and not just go, you know, with the flow. One of my, my favorite quotes ever is, stop going with the flow and start paddling towards your goals, right? St- I'll say it again. Stop going with the flow. Start paddling towards your goals.
1: Man, you are a quotes machine. My I uh, love blog blog writer's gonna have a great time with this one. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's um again, going back to you spend enough time in this real estate investing community, you're gonna meet people who are flippers that are making boatloads of money. They have it all systematized. All
0: it takes, day, it takes every some time day. to get
1: there. And and they love it. And it's a great fit for them. I'm sure we both, you know, we both know Jay Scott and folks out there. He's got a lot of great mm-hmm. books. Great flipper. He's one of the thought leaders in the, in this space, very good at it, very experienced, makes a lot of money doing it. And that's right for him. It's not right for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that goes to be said about anything, you you know, your day job. I'm sure, you know, I can think of a particular day job that I had a professional job after getting out of college mm-hmm. and I hated it, but I had colleagues that loved mm-hmm. it. It was just the wrong fit for me. And there are certain investments that are wrong for some of us and that's fine. And investments that are right for all of us, really, but you just have to find what the investment is that's right for you, and that's it takes time to get there. But you know, some of those lessons are are learned the hard way. So definitely yeah. appreciate and I, you I, sharing I, that with us.
0: Yeah, I want to quickly piggyback on that, and you know what's so fascinating is when you do find what like, you like, don't get problems associated to that particular strategy that you end, you end up picking. The question now is, do you have the right temperament for those problems, right? People think like, oh, okay, I'm going to go do this kind of real estate and life will be fantastic. No, <laughs> <laughs> there are going to be problems with that too. But the problems that come with that particular strategy, you don't mind. To you, it's not a problem. To you, it's a sol- It's a, It's an issue to fix. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, send it to me. I love it. You you want your, you know, your title. It isn't working. Yeah, I'll do it. Or you know, I want to speak to investors because I love speaking to people about real estate. Oh, I love investor relations. Let's do it. Right? There are some guys in our you know in our group, and all they do is raise money. They are never asset managed. They never do any of that. All they do is raise capital. So you just have to understand that whatever it is that you choose, there will be problems. There will be issues. But understanding who you are deeply and making sure that you can manage those, you know issues and your temperament is at peace and your soul is at peace and you're happy with what you're doing
1: nice i love it so last question my favorite one what is the most important lesson you've learned in real estate investing
0: man you got some really good questions taylor (laughs) oh man i tried. that is a good one yeah that is a good one actually um and i'm saying it's so good because i'm i'm not prepared for it um so i'm gonna have to pull something out of my my, my, my hat. I think for me in real estate, um, the the most, the, the biggest thing I've learned is you don't know what you don't know, right? And one of <laughs> one of, I'm reading a book called uh, Meditations, Marcus Aurelius. It's oh, sure. a brilliant yeah, yeah. book. It's, it's yeah, brilliant book. And it talks about like You know, the soul, every soul is deprived of truth. I was like, wow, right? Um, And most of us go around with our brains thinking, I know everything. I'm 30-something years old. I'm 50. I know everything. But in this game, you know, just being humble and, you know, for us to refrain from any kind of ostentatious display of like, look at me. I mean, we have this a lot. Um, now with the proliferation of social media and some of us at some point in time we, we fall for it but you know I'm not trying to train myself to refrain from such behavior but look at me I've got you know the biggest amazing I'm like amazing I take down apartments and and yes there's like you know good and bad but I think my style and what I think is good for society and community and the world as a whole is having a benevolent disposition, you know, just which is just being nice as much as you can and making sure that what we're putting out isn't in any way adversely affecting the universe and other people you know, um, through, especially through our social media channels, like, oh, look at me. My life is great. I don't cry. I don't, you know, everything just works out for me. Like, everything I touch turns to gold. And, you know, in the process, not saying the truth and not making people understand the full picture of you as a person. Um, so for me, in real estate, it's just making sure that um, I know that I don't know anything, right? And that keeps me in check that you know, refuels my my wisdom tank and my passion tank, and it gives me that you know constant disposition to be nice as much as I can, um, and to be frank as well, um, you know, not just to.